0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At b1bank.com. From Mansur's on the boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business, Baton Rouge Style.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Louisiana is dripping with unique culture and history, but packaging up the images, icons, and natural resources that come from our land and its landscapes, bottling them and selling them, well, that takes a special kind of talent. Casey Delmont Johnson is the designer-director of Rue a nine-year-old wholesaler of home decor gifts and dinnerware. Rue Brands is based in Port Allen and incorporates in its products a southern theme that tells the story and the history of the Deep South. Rue Brands started out as a small retailer back in 2006 and over the years has evolved into a wholesaler that now supplies more than a thousand stores throughout the Southeast. Casey is the creative force behind the brand. He is a native of Walker and a graduate of LSU who has experience in the film industry, in marketing, and with numerous style-related periodicals. Casey, it's a pleasure to have you on Out to Lunch. Thanks Thanks. for joining us. It's a beautiful day to be here. Elizabeth Holloway is a beekeeper and the owner of Bocage Bee and Honey, a homegrown brand that has earned rave reviews in culinary circles around the state. Making Honey, which Elizabeth does from a facility on Drusilla Avenue in Baton Rouge, is actually her second career. She had a successful 40-year career in opera and theater and fell into the honey business quite by chance in the early 2000s. More than 15 years later, Bocage Bee & Honey now produces as many as 20 different varietals of honey, as well as a line of beeswax candles and soaps. Elizabeth, can't wait to hear your story. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Well, Casey Johnson, let's start with you. Really cool. A wholesaler of Southern accessories, Southern style accessories based in Port Allen. How did this come about?
2: Well, it really started with our namesake Rue. Um, it, it wasn't my brainchild, but David, the the family, uh, the owner of the of the business, he he decided upon Rue Brands, and it all began with gumbo. And a sort of mm-hmm. like everything here starts with a Rue, like a gumbo. Mm-hmm. We had an award-winning, best-selling product, the gumbo bowl, and it just really launched us.
1: So, from there, you've gone from a a retailer to a wholesaler. Now Absolutely. you I, you only sell to stores or primarily to
2: stores. That's correct.
1: And you have a whole line of Southern style accessories, dinnerware, pretty things for the house.
2: When I realized that story was what led design or narrative in so many, mm-hmm. uh, you know, senses of the word, uh, that's when I really took off and I just started creating products, uh, you know, uh, with every narrative that I could come up with—Flirtily Marshlands, um, gumbo etouffee jambalaya—and and it just there are so many unique facets of our culture that this it makes this job so easy.
1: So you design everything now that Roo Brands sells.
2: Uh, That's correct. I mean, I would say about 95%. But I have a really good support staff. And they, you would be surprised where some of the ideas come from. And so I'm I'm just always putting that polishing touch on whoever's idea.
1: (laughs) How much fun. And then once you design something, say pretty cheese knives or pretty plate, where do you all have them manufactured?
2: Unfortunately, it's mostly manufactured in China, well, but that's okay. Um, we'll forgive you, know, you that. Yeah, well, yeah forgive <laughs> me, please. It's not as local as 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 the bee uh, the bee honey here, but um, you know, in order to keep prices down and, sure. and to make it something that people can take delight in in their homes, you know, we don't all have this expansive budget to work with, so that's why we, we source most of our products there. But we are working on an avenue that takes us to Central America, El Salvador, namely, and, and to sort of develop the the man- manufacturing in that country.
1: Very good, and then you sell to other to retailers primarily.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, We're we're working on a. uh, We have an expansive list of retailers in the southeast, and we have a few big boxes that we're working on now.
1: (laughs) Wonderful story. All right, we're going to circle back with you, but Elizabeth, tell us about Bocage Bee and Honey, and how someone who was on Broadway became a beekeeper in South Louisiana.
3: I came home when my parents needed me. And uh, some bees settled in a column on the plantation where I, I grew up. And we left them alone. And then um, it was a wedding and I realized I had to get them out of the column. <laughs> so we opened the column and put them into a hive and that was the first one. And then. Uh, Our plantation was expropriated by a railroad for a switching yard, so eventually I had to get off. My mother died, my father died, my partner was dying, and I moved into Baton Rouge, and I brought the bees with me. By that time, I had four hives, and I joined the local bee club, which is called Capital Area Bee Association, and it started to grow.
1: How much And
3: uh, we now have bees in four or five parishes, we had a, a large shop on Drusilla, which I've recently closed down to a showroom. Instead of two warehouses and a, another workspace, I'm in one big warehouse in a showroom, which is much easier, uh, particularly as I get older. And I'm very old at this point. <laughs> no. I'm gonna be 80 in August, <laughs> Wait, so, um, You would never know. I'm no, still trucking. We, um, we're the only beekeepers who do varietal honey in the area. That is, So we what does keep, that mean? That means we keep each location separate from every other location because different things grow in different places. Therefore, each honey has a different flavor.
1: Because of the flowers.
3: Because of the flowers. Not what the
1: bees per se, but the, the bees flowers. Eat. It's what
3: okay. the bees eat. And people get wedded to a particular location. For instance, we have one in West Baton Rouge, what we call, and we name each one of them. We have Old Bridge, Mm -hmm. which is our biggest seller. One year, we had a wild honey flavored one. We've not had it since, it was kind of an accident. (laughs) We have one woman who comes in every year and asks for the cherry honey and literally has cried when we don't have it. Oh no. Now we've found another location where there are a lot of wild honey cherry trees, so we're, Got our fingers crossed. We may have cherry honey again. But each location has a different name. And uh, I'm a sugarcane farmer's daughter in the first place. So I have a connection with each sugarcane plantation. So we have a lot of bees on different plantations. And we do come up with a cane flavored honey, which restaurants in particular like. My, We do retail, a certain amount of retail. However, most of our customers are white tablecloth restaurants. Really? Commander's is my oldest and biggest customer.
1: Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Yes. Fantastic. Um,
3: and the restaurants love the cane-flavored honey. We also produce not just honey, but we make beeswax candles. Mm-hmm. We make soap. This morning, I was making baby lotion.
1: How much fun.
3: Which we call creme bébé pour le derrière.
1: Oh, I love that.
3: Your accent's well, very pretty. Well, because I said that somebody's butt paste was too vulgar, <laughs> way too vulgar. So we came up with creme bébé pour le derrière. Then so many older women wanted it and loved it that we have the same product, different name, different scent, which we call creme gentille. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A nurse came in and said, uh, we love this for people who are in chemo and radiation. And um, Thank you. We uh, have come up with creme serieuse, which is a little heavier barrier and unscented for people with fragile skin at this point. And then I'm working on creme monsieur for men. So how, how did you learn all this about honey,
1: about how to make honey, about the healing properties of honey and making honey-based products? How did we go from bees in the column <laughs> to all of a sudden making products with honey?
3: Initially, I, my best friend is French. Mm-hmm. So I have spent an awful lot of time in the south of France, right on the sea. And the little markets that... Uh, move from village to village every day of the week. There's always a honey vendor. And I realized that they had rosemary honey and uh, whatever grows in the neighborhood, because the climate is more temperate than ours, Mm -hmm. they're able to separate the flavors. And I got fascinated by that. So when I came back and by accident got into honey here, I thought maybe we can do that here. And then... Uh, I realized that Catholic and Episcopal and Lutheran churches always use beeswax candles.
1: Did not know that.
3: Because they don't, they consume themselves totally. And when they drip on the altar linens, Mm -hmm. it can be removed easily. And usually it doesn't drip very much as opposed to petroleum based candles. Mm -hmm. So we started making beeswax candles and then we got into decorative candles. I try not to use dyes and colors, but, because I like the natural color of beeswax, which varies from pale in the spring to dark orange by fall. Lovely. So you get a whole range of color,
1: but people want colors. And, and that that reminds me I mean Casey when we talk about what people want you mentioned the the narrative and the story that is so important in in selling products designing products and selling products and it, it's sort of like the honey I mean both of you will have a very distinct brand and the story is is a part of it uh, tell me about the branding and and the role that plays in getting your product out there
2: I think it's pretty much everything you know the old saying presentation is a hundred percent of of product in so many ways, uh, depending upon your quality standards or, or whatnot. But yeah, uh, the Rue brand is something that I've worked on very hard because even in just the letters, I mean, the word Rue is just by nature a beautiful word. It is I a mean, beautiful it's, word, yeah. it's, it's, and, and when you see the R, the O, the U, and the X together, it made branding pretty easy because it's just got this classic, nearly monogrammatic yeah. look that's just totally beautiful. And um, so it made it easy, but we added and I added collection. Uh, and about mm-hmm. my second year at Rue Brands, and that's when it really started to get fun, because then we have lines like Rue Traveler, which is a, a line for bags and scarves, Rue Beaumonts, which is crown platters and plates, you know, nice. sort of. And so it really gets fun for me, especially we have Rue Kitchen for Rue Spoons, and it just goes on and on.
1: And, and do people know the Rue brand now?
2: Uh, it's it's getting there. It's been a, a lot of hard work, but uh, it's it's getting very close to s- some really uh, I guess you could say powerful brand recognition, and we're we're striving hard to make sure that it's. Who, it who's sticks.
1: more important, the retailer or like the interior design community? Where
2: um, you know uh, there, uh, yeah, I have some great friends in interior design, and. It's funny because they design for a particular client, you know, an, an upper echelon client who can afford someone to come into their home and, and make it perfect, you know. But I design for the, for the masses. And, and it's, it's fun in a way because people just, they need something that can make their home beautiful in a, in a few um, purchases. And, and it's fun because there are a lot more, I guess, you, they have a lot more fun with it versus, you know, some antiques from France.
1: How did you all get to be so successful in just a few years? Um, when you came on board?
2: yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, I hate to take all the credit, but it's the company set dormant. It was originally started by Angela Fluker, Carville's mm-hmm. surname, and she was David's wife, and she okay. passed away. So it set dormant for a few years, and then by chance, I just heard of the job, and, and, it, and it was all uphill from there.
1: Perfect. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Casey Johnson of Rue and Elizabeth Holloway of Bocage Bee and Honey. Elizabeth, is it the southern theme? I mean, do you see that and feel that in it's the product? It's more one? French theme what... for
3: me than the southern theme. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we're Louisiana. Hence, my name is Bocage, which is a, a French word. Hence, Creme uh, Bebe. We're Louisiana. That's fine. Sure. I try to do Louisiana rather than
1: south. I like that. Since you opened in 2008, I believe, and began selling your honey, roughly, uh, I I notice, and maybe it's my ignorance, but at the farmer's markets and in the local markets, I've seen several other local honeys. Are they copying you, or is homegrown honey just a big thing now?
3: Honey is the hottest product going. Is it? Yes, all over the world almost, which is interesting since bees are so endangered at this point. Mm -hmm. They are... um, our primary pollinator, they're the most most efficient pollinator. Uh, well, there are many pollinators, birds, other kinds of bees and insects. However, the honeybee is more efficient. And it's... Uh, I don't know what we're going to do if we lose them.
1: And, and we're and losing
3: them rapidly. And when you cultivate
1: them f- for honey, does that kill them? Or does nope. that keep them alive? I mean, is it good no, for them? No, in
3: fact, the hobbyist who has one or two hives in the backyard or in his vegetable garden, they may be the salvation of honeys, of bees, because we all protect them like crazy. Yes. I've been known to, i my helper and I sat in a parking lot once, a, a, a colony fell out of a tree, landed there, the real estate agents called me, we arrived with a swarm trap we set it up, right, bright yellow thing. We went around the corner. By the time we came back, someone had moved that yellow swarm trap and driven back and forth over that colony of bees. <gasps> oh. The other bees, bees are phenomenal. Nice. They're they're a family. they they cannot subsist. One bee can't make it on its own. It has to be a group. Mm-hmm. The other bees who were not injured were trying to help the injured bees. And Lewis and I stood there and cried. Wow. And I still get teary when I think about sure. it. Sure. But that's the fascinating thing about bees. It's a group. It has to be a group.
1: And how much honey do you produce from your bees? Wow. Any idea? Bottle uh, p-
3: we're very small. Uh, It takes a lot of labor. Mm -hmm. This is probably the most intense, labor-intensive business going, and because it it all happens right here, sure, we can't ship it off to China. In fact, China's in serious bee trouble. I've seen films of Chinese needing pollination. They use pollen in a cup and a chicken feather, and they hand-pollinate each flower oh my goodness. Can on you a tree, believe? it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. We don't well, do that.
1: Well, y'all, I want to change gears just for a minute away from business to um, to try to get a, a feel for you personally, tell me what has been the, the greatest single source for your creative inspiration, whether person, place, or idea?
2: Uh, you know, it's easy for me because um, it's part of, part of Floor of the Nile. Um, Nature, creation itself, I think, is the only source for creativity. And so for anyone to step outside of this, is sort of they're, they're, they're claiming some false inspiration. So when you look to creation, you find all of the elements needed to create on your own.
3: I like that. Well, I grew up on a sugar plantation at Marinwood. And um, creatures have always been a major part of my life, any kind of creatures. You name the strange Animal or whatever, I've had it as a pet <laughs> one time or another. Had a baby armadillo for a long time. It's fun. Uh, nature is the real inspiration for almost everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. And if we keep destroying it, we're blown up. Amen. In a word.
1: I have to ask you about the bees. You're never afraid of them or of getting stung or of them I get swarming. A
3: <laughs> <laughs> I get stung a lot. It usually doesn't bother me. Although I got stung on Friday night um, having taken a swarm out of a wall, and um, I got stung on my chin, Ooh. oddly enough. And generally face stings don't bother me unless it's eyelids or lips. This thing swelled up, and I couldn't go to market Saturday because I didn't want to scare the customers. (laughs) Oh, no. But normally, I don't react. If I get stung, it's like five seconds of liquid electricity, and it might itch for a while later, but a little swelling is normal. Mm -hmm. If you get a particularly aggressive group, sometimes they're overprotective. A bee can only sting you once because its stinger is like a fish hook. It hooks in your skin, the bee flies off, the stinger tears out of its body, that's an- a dead bee. Right. This is as opposed to yellow jackets and wasps who um, have stingers like needles. One wasp can do an enormous amount of mm-hmm. damage because it stings repeatedly, and I won't even talk about yellow jackets. We won't talk about yellow jackets. are <laughs> They are, <laughs> they <you>? are really <laughs> deadly, but bees aren't. And bees generally won't harm you unless you um, interrupt their houses, their their hives, their swarms in a tree, sure. whatever.
1: Did you all envision yourselves doing
2: this
3: um, when, when you I, were younger? Uh, well, you know, I knew
2: I was, I wanted to be a, an automobile designer when I was like really small. <laughs> yeah, so this, this might be as close as I'll ever get, but... Um yeah, I, you know, I, I look to this career with a lot of aspiration and um, there's a there's a there's a lot to be said about a lifestyle designer or something like that. And so
1: is that what you yeah. officially would call yourself? A lifestyle I think designer? so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, so. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine a lot of people have creative instincts and, and talents and would like to do something like this. But it's hard to break in.
2: It really it it is, and you you know you need to know a few people here and there, or or come from a certain stock, if you will. And um, you know I I have to bring this up, but in at LSU when I started, um, I had three best friends. One is a fashion designer for Adam in New York. One is uh, an interior design that's being featured in Architectural Digest, and another is an executive for Re- Banana Republic. So it was just like, that's we just blew up. <laughs> well, They're
3: I'm glad literally. to hear you all came
1: from LSU, too. Yeah, we that did. makes and me so, very I mean, happy. And so, we're
2: not as esteemed as Yale, you know, but <laughs> well, um, over here. I was do
1: looking. you, are, I mean, do you feel like you need to get out of Baton Rouge to do what you need to do, or, I uh, mean, you know, would I, you aspire I, to that, or can you do it from here?
2: You, you know, uh, I hope one day we could, uh, you know, it's it's going to be tough to really make it sing from Baton Rouge, but, you know, I come from Walker and we're sort of country people, so <laughs> it's tough to leave family. But, yeah, I think maybe New Orleans. It could be done from New Orleans, and if not, you know, Dallas or Atlanta for sure. And then, But then you don't further. have
1: the southern inspiration. Right. Absolutely. And in so
2: I think New Orleans is really the place that you could go to make sure that this thing continues, yep. you know, to be creative.
1: Elizabeth, Networking. what about you? Because you just have to tell us real quick. Um, uh, how you went from from Broadway and, and off Broadway, but New York and the theater world um,
3: to to doing this, totally well, different
1: lifestyle. Or, or are my there parents any needed me,
3: I came home. There yeah. you go. And uh, as I say, getting the beads were a big accident. Big <laughs> did accident. You, did you uh, in your in your previous
1: career though? I'm sure you did very many glamorous and exciting things.
3: Yeah, a few. <laughs> Actually, at At this point in my life, I thought I would be tottering around the south of France with a couple of beehives, but um, I'm about to go back to what I did in my previous life because I have a couple of projects. I have a book to finish. I have a play that's unfinished. I have an affiliation with another theater person. Um, We have a play that'll probably be he has a play that'll probably be opening, uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York this year. We have a television project that's good, uh, that'll fly very soon. So, um, oh, wow, I it will go back to doing what I used to do and keep my finger in the pie here It's the same And same someone
1: time. else will run it, basically. Somebody
3: else. I have a partner. Okay. Who was uh, used to be a chef, and I have. Two employees, but labor is the real trick mm-hmm. in beekeeping because it's the most unpleasant time of year. You're out there in a, a veil and a suit, and it's hot. And I will two hours, and then everybody has to break and go away and cool down, and then we can go at it again. Sure. But it's um, you know it's a, it's a tough labor thing. Yeah and most people are terrified of bees. Right. We mentioned Baton Rouge. What,
1: is this a good market for, for what you do, and what could the, the business community do here to make it better?
3: Well, Baton Rouge is tough on a number of levels. However, because honey is so hot now, it's, uh, if I don't turn up at the farmer's market, I get phone calls. I'm sure you do. Casey, what is your what is your long term plan?
2: Uh, well, you know, I have a few books uh, in me somewhere, but I think that, that that'll happen a little, a few years later, a few decades later. But, uh, you know, I really hope that this becomes something a lot larger and that when we open ourselves into private labels for big box retailers that I might be able to sort of put a signature on something. Somewhere. Is that the goal? I think that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have the Ralph Lauren aspiration, but, you know, Isaac Misra, he's kind of a fun <laughs> person. And so i am kind of claim the B minus list of designers. And so <laughs> I, I would be really happy with that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, that's, I think that's where yeah. I'm going. Excellent. I hope what? so.
3: I think in Baton Rouge, one one of the things that's easier is networking, and networking in our both of our businesses mm-hmm. is crucial, mm-hmm. it's
2: key. It is, and you mentioned something about, you know, what could Baton Rouge do better? And I've been an active member of Forum 35, and I think sure. we should just always plug, you know, the organization when it, whenever organization. it's possible. Now, in the past few years with Rue I haven't been able to be so active, and I'm almost 35, so I'll be out <laughs> of it pretty soon. But, you know, there are really, a lot of great creatives that are trying to push this thing into real development you know downtown Baton Rouge I remember when the downtown development district was just planning what they have established downtown now mm-hmm. and so uh, you know I think it's continued pressure on our legislative uh, officials and our mayor and our city council to to place the arts as some of the highest uh, you know, uh, principles that yeah. that we hold our city accountable for, and and you know I go into New Orleans a lot, and I associate with some artists there, you know creatives, and, and that helps me sort of get the inspiration that I need in some ways, but um, but there are a lot of like Creative Alliance of New Orleans, or you know, and these people are doing real work mm-hmm. on the ground, finding emerging artists, and they're promoting these people well beyond the status quo, and I think that's what we need here. So
1: important the networking and the synergies, and and that's really what builds it up. Well, Casey Johnson and Elizabeth Holloway, you, you both are, are wonderful guests, so inspirational, and you clearly have an appreciation for our unique culture, and have figured out how to turn it into a business and share it with others. So thanks for sharing your stories with us today on Out to Lunch. Thank right. you. Thank you. My guests today on them. Out to Lunch have been Casey Johnson of Rue Brands and Elizabeth Holloway of Bocage Bee & Honey. You can find out more about Rue Brands and Bocage Bee & Honey by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and WRKF. Org. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansers is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites at and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It's Baton Rouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style
0: on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at B1Bank.com.